The Compliance Life details the journey to and in the role of a Chief Compliance Officer. How does one come to sit in the CCO chair? What are some of the skills a CCO needs to successfully navigate the compliance waters in any company? What are some of the top challenges CCOs have faced and how did they meet them? These questions and many others will be explored in this new podcast series. The Compliance Life is hosted by Tom Fox, and each month he'll present the story of one CCO through four episodes. The Compliance Life is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again for another episode with Russ Berlin, the Chief Compliance Officer at Inventive Technologies. Today, we're going to take up the role of the CCO around crisis management specifically around what Russ has done around the coronavirus and infectious diseases. So, Russ, first of all, welcome back, and thanks so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you, Tom. Glad to be here. Crisis management should be always on the forefront of every chief compliance officer. Now it's really on the forefront of probably every American, Russ. What have you guys done around the coronavirus crisis, and what's been your role as the CCO in that? You know, I think that Aventive Technologies has really done a great job in addressing this. Part of my role as Chief Compliance Officer is I also manage the enterprise risk management system for the company. And we have a risk register that we keep track of on a regular basis. And frankly, one of the items on there was pandemic. We had an owner for it. We had some discussion about mitigation. And as this thing started to approach, particularly when the CDC came out and said, this is an issue that businesses have to be prepared for, we took that on very aggressively in our risk group. And we prepared a formal document that was not yet triggered, but had a list of all the people who are going to be part of the response team and all the actions that they could take. And then what the elements were that would trigger the plan, that got written, circulated, approved, and was ready to go several days before we needed it. Since then, we have had the response team has been meeting regularly. It is an oversight and governance for all the response actions for the organization. It's great having really good online tools that we can meet virtually and with video calls and get a lot done in a very short period of time. But this highlights the role that risk has. Risk and compliance can look and see what's coming, can prepare a way of dealing with it, and then start the process. And the great part about this is now that those pieces are done, we have governance, we have oversight, it really becomes about the operational issues. And the operations groups can take over and run with it. And then as the risk person, I have two roles, two additional roles. One is to say what risks are coming up that we need to think of because of the situation we're in right now with COVID-19. And so we've looked at things like supply chain, what risks come up from work from home, whether there are labor and employment issues, whether there are strains on our network, how does this address cybersecurity? So those are all risks that we now are profiling and saying, let's make sure we pay special attention to them. And It's also a little bit like being in a savanna and there's an elephant running towards you. Someone's got to be looking around to make sure that the lions aren't nearby too, that we have to make sure that other risk issues that are out there that are not tied to this specific event are also being looked at and addressed. 
So I have a little bit of a scout function, just kind of keep an eye on other things while everyone's very focused on this one event. Russ, what would you say in your professional background, in your journey through compliance and perhaps even privacy, really helped you to formulate the structure around your risk register and at least conceptually being as ready as you guys were? Well, I'll say there were a couple of unfortunate events. One of them was a client who had a very severe FCPA issue, and we had to go in and develop the risk management approach to how they were going to address this. And that got me involved with COSO and the enterprise risk management system and the risk process. Crisis management is just risk management. You just do it in a different time frame, and things have to happen really quickly. It struck me, though, when you said crisis management is risk management in a different time frame, but you guys had actually prepared for this so that although it may be a very contracted time frame for many other businesses or indeed the federal government, you had the structure in place, you had the governance and oversight in place so that you could move to operationalizing your risk management strategy much more quickly. Well, I kind of look at that as what risk management is supposed to do. You know, we're really supposed to get ahead of the curve and say, this is what's coming over the horizon. Let's be prepared for it rather than, oh, gosh, this just happened to us. What are we going to do? Russ, could you give a few more words on the governance structure you created, the oversight that you also put in place and how that oversight has transitioned now to the operationalization of your risk management strategy? Sure. So I should say that the plan is based on what came out from the CDC and also some excellent examples that the city of San Francisco had online. And by merging those two, it really came up with a nice framework for the plan. It's about having a chain of command, defining who the stakeholders are, setting in place some rapid communications and having those available to you. And then really, since you don't exactly know what's going to happen, it's a bunch of options that this group can take. So it's not telling them you have to do ABC, it's you can do ABC. And here is the trigger that's going to set in place that you can start taking these actions. And so this group, it's a very senior group within the company. They have the oversight for how everything's going to happen. And then they each spin off and have their own operational groups that are running. When it develops, a risk is initially something that people need to respond to. But second, you just kind of need to keep running while it's happening. And so it becomes an operational issue. How do we deal with network and VPN? How do we deal with work from home? How do we deal with the fact that we've got call centers and people are sitting in those call centers? What are we going to do about that? Those are all operational issues. The oversight group then takes that input, says, great, you're doing a great job. Are there any resources you need? Is there anything that you need to keep going? But you know, the, the oversight group doesn't say, this is how you fix that problem. You just come and tell us if you need additional resources or something that we need, the rest of the group needs to be involved in. And now we just transition to more of a monitoring role while all the operational people go out and deal with the issues. And it's going extremely well. I'm very pleased with how this is turning out. Russ, unfortunately, we're at the end of our time for this episode. It's been a fascinating exploration of a response to a current crisis through crisis management. Russ, I look forward to continuing the conversation. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.